Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. It is Sunday, 26th of September, and as the observant have worked out by now, I am not Ariana Bravo. In fact, I'm her producer of the F1 Podcast, and she's been battling a virus over the last couple of days. Woke up this morning, no voice, and we've been texting, and she just cannot make it to the podcast. Gutted, of course, because... Oh my goodness, what a race that she would love to be here talking to you about. I will do my best to stand in for her today, but I'm joined by two of the best in the business. That would be Luke Smith, the F1 reporter for Autosport, and Jess McFadden, Director of Digital Strategy for Motorsport Network. Now, I know it's convention to start by talking about the race winner and how they won the race, but before we talk about Lewis Hamilton and incredible 100 wins in Formula 1 something that may never be repeated again or at least not for a very long time an enormous achievement that it feels like should be the headline second and third thing we talk about today I can't start the podcast today without getting this out of the way and that is the human side of what happened with Lando Norris today surely he was on for a debut pole being converted into a debut win but man F1 can be cruel at times it's a technological sport But it's a human sport as well. And before we get into everything else, let's just get this out of the way. Lando Norris looked like he had this one under control, in my opinion. First 12 laps led by Carlos Sainz Jr. After using the very powerful slipstream here in Sochi and then outdrag both George Russell and Lando to get down to turn two and take the lead. But with Ferrari choosing to do an early first stop and a short first stint, from lap 13, Lando Norris would take the lead. From lap 28, when he pitted, Perez would lead about seven laps, but Lando was always a net first through to lap 50 when the rains were coming down. And he had decided it seemed more so than the team not to come in and change for Inters when others, like Lewis Hamilton in second place, did exactly that. And Lewis was able, when Lando was off the track, narrowly avoiding quite a big shunt, actually, and not finishing the race at all. Uh, Lewis Hamilton was able to take the win of the Grand Prix over Max Verstappen by almost a minute in the end. He is gutted today, and I think I feel so gutted for him still just two hours after the race we're recording this. Yeah, I think even if journalistically we're meant to keep an impartial view on all of this, I don't think there's a single person out there who's not gutted, even if just slightly, for Lando Norris today. It was probably one of the most heartbreaking ways you could possibly ever lose your first Formula One Grand Prix victory. It just, he only had, what, three laps to hold on? And 
three laps was too little to be able to make any headway when he eventually decided to come in and pit for inters but it's just one of those f1 is a fickle beast sometimes <laughs> and as much as we try or the teams try to control as much as possible there are things like the weather that they have zero zero control for and all they can do is try and be as prepared as possible but as we saw today you can't prepare for everything and uh, it was really unfortunate but it kind of has given this weird tinge to Hamilton's 100th win in the fact that obviously amazing for Lewis but <laughs> Oh, yeah. what did we have like, to sacrifice to get that 100 I know, win? I know. He, like, he he sits at a table of one in the world. Like, that should be the only thing we're talking about today. And, like, when the rain comes down, you know, it was it was Saturday heaven for Lando. It was because he timed it just right on the, you know, had the heat in the tyres yesterday. He was able to get that lap in. It's what gave him his first pole position. And I was wondering throughout the whole race... Is history going to repeat itself? In 2007 at the Canadian Grand Prix in Montreal, it was Lewis's first pole and it was Lewis Hamilton's first win. It's where 100 started in 2007. And I'm thinking, is Lando going to do it? His first pole converted to his first win. But I mean, we're going to get onto it and follow convention in a moment. But Luke, you know, it's been a couple of hours. Did you do the press conferences and stuff with 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 McLaren? And what's been the the the, the all I've seen is a quote saying he's devastated. But know anything else? Lando, understandably, was very very upset. I mean, I think even in the Sky Sports media pen interview, you could see him really sort of struggling to keep his emotions under control, and understandably so because he's just lost, as you said, that Grand Prix victory being so close to home having it within his grasp, having, I think, Lewis Hamilton under control, which is something that not many drivers can say they've ever done. That, I think, just makes it so, so bitter to swallow and to have been so close and then to lose it on such a fickle thing as rain coming. Obviously, you can't control that. But I think also Lando himself may be feeling sort of a bit of guilt and responsibility because ultimately it was him who was saying over the radio, no, no, I'm not coming in. So it's a, it's a learning experience for him, obviously. But that doesn't change the, I guess, sort of initial heartache and feeling that he's got right now. And it's going to take him a while to get over. Um, I mean, I'm sure by the next race in Turkey, he'll be right as rain again and ready to go. But right now, I think in this moment, yeah, he'll be understandably feeling, I think, pretty distraught about things because he was so close to that perfect weekend of pole and the race win that would have been so richly deserved because he's been on an absolute another level to anyone else this weekend. Well, let's have a proper look at the action today, recap the finishing order, and then we'll get into telling the story of how everybody ended up where they did. And it might be taking some decoding today because it was a frantic final few laps and it was a frantic first few laps as well but ultimately Lewis Hamilton would score his 100th Formula One victory winning the Russian Grand Prix after rain late in the race would thwart the longtime leader Lando Norris and aid finishing positions uh, that flattered many including Max Verstappen who would come home second Norris though would end up seventh after deciding to stay out on slicks when Hamilton who had charged up the order in the race's second half before getting stuck behind the McLaren ahead of the rain arriving in the final laps. Lewis would pit for intermediates earlier than Lando, who stayed out and gambled, but it's a gamble that did not pay off. So Lewis Hamilton followed home by Max Verstappen. I say followed home by almost a minute. The gap was 53 seconds. Max and Red Bull coming home second. Third be Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari. One minute and two seconds behind Lewis Hamilton. And that, again, doesn't really tell the story of today's race. But the final finishing order was Daniel Ricciardo coming home in fourth, followed by Valtteri Bottas and the experience paying off in the rain, Fernando Alonso getting sixth. But even without the rain, he could well have been higher. Lando, as we mentioned, came home seventh. Kimi Raikkonen, another beneficiary of that experience when the rain comes, coming home in eighth. Sergio Perez coming home in ninth. And finally, George Russell, who we saw yesterday in the post-qualifying interviews, saying he was optimistic for today's race, but realistic about the Williams long-run race pace, came home in tenth. But again... The story of today's action cannot simply be told with the finishing order. It's all about the final laps when the rain came down and who decided to pit and who would stay out. And in the end, it was Lando Norris that took the gamble 
and the gamble did not pay off, as we say. Let's get into talking about today's action then. And it wasn't just a frantic final few laps, but actually a great start to the Grand Prix as well. Yesterday, Lando Norris saying he feared getting the pole position here because of that long run down to turn two, and especially if there was a headwind as well, punching a hole in the air for the others to follow. And the fears indeed came true. Well, rather, the slipstream gave a crucial advantage to Carlos Sainz as he recovered from a really poor launch. It was a terrible start, really, for Carlos. George Russell as well, jumping alongside from third. But Carlos would sit in behind, just tuck in behind Norris, and then the gap just opened up so that he could gain some ground dramatically with the British driver punching a hole in the air. Sainz would sweep in front of Russell and then to Norris's outside, sealing the lead despite locking up his front left as the pack arrived at turn two. Carlos Sainz managed to stay on track and uh, didn't have to go around the bollards in the runoff, which Fernando Alonso did, but that worked out okay for him, actually. We'll talk about that a little bit later on the podcast. Um, he'd rejoin alongside Russell before seeding ground to the fast-starting Lance Stroll. By the end of the third lap, Science was out of DRS range to Norris. Russell was third and quickly falling back from the McLaren of Lando Norris and heading a train of cars down to Hamilton in sixth with the world champion falling back down the order, having been he's pretty much boxed in at the start after briefly getting alongside Science off the line and before the Ferrari benefited from Norris's toe. In fact, at one point, Hamilton was down to seventh on the opening lap. Now, Russia can be a bit of a slow burn, Jess, but today we were treated to a, a frantic first couple of laps and a great start to the race. Absolutely, it gets a hard rap. It's it's well regarded as probably one of the most in inverted commas boring circuits that we that we visit um, on the current calendar setup. But it goes to show that you know maybe Bernie Eccleston was right when he was like, let's put some sprinkler systems out there. I'm I'm completely and utterly joking. I don't think that's what we should do. But it was because the reason why it was so interesting was because we had so many cars out of order um and i'm sure that for the other gimmicks uh, amongst us are probably going to be shouting for well this is the exact reason why we should have reverse grids again not something that i'm a huge uh, fan of but that was the reason why we got so much uh, action and, and to be honest i didn't i know luke and i we, we tend to rate the races on this podcast sometimes um <laughs> and i very often say that I base it on the fact that you know how how much of my attention did it keep how how often was I looking for things on social media or anything like that and I genuinely was gripped for the entire race um and for Sochi that's quite an ask so you know again cars out of order a bit of variability with the with the weather and the and the situations the fact that teams didn't actually really seem to have too much information on tire deck this this year so um there was there we had that fact coming into play you know the the fact that the mediums kind of found a second lifespan later on in the race when people on the hards were starting to struggle it all made everything really variable and teams really had to get their strategy heads on in order to make headway um and then not to you know not to forget that we had uh, quite a few drivers taking uh, new power units as well so we're starting at the back and having to fight their way forward in order to take points home for their team so it was just that level of variability that i think granted us an exciting sochi and it, 2021 if you told me that we'd be sitting here saying that both the french grand prix and the russian grand prix were potential highlights of the season I would think you were crazy, but here we are. It's 2021. 100 wins for Lewis Hamilton. How did he win the race? Let's try and work that out because his worst, he was down at seventh. And as the leading pack started to pit... So that was Ferrari calling in Sainz at the end of lap 13. He rejoined just in front of Stroll. Although that undercut was was powerful, he couldn't jump Sainz despite that slow change for Ferrari. The early stops really for Sainz, Stroll and Russell meant that Ricardo, Hamilton and Perez had no choice but to stay out to avoid coming out behind them again until the rain arrived. Luke, how did Lewis Hamilton go from dropping down to seventh at his worst to able to get into position that when the rain came, he could capitalise and jump Lando? Well, it's really the fact that the undercut, while initially powerful, as you say, that allowed Stroll to get the jump on Russell, for example, it didn't have a long-lasting effect and it wasn't enough for everybody to jump in and follow suit. So we saw that, I think, most plainly with Science and Norris. Science, he really struggled with graining at the end of that first stint, so that's why he came in when he did and he'd lost a lot of time to Norris before coming in. 
And had the undercut been really, really powerful, McLaren would have had no choice but to react pretty quickly and bring Norris in as well. But they didn't. They just kept going, kept going. We heard Lando sounding actually pretty chill on the radio, saying, yeah, I can go for another 10 laps or whatever. And we saw with Norris's times compared to Sainz, they were pretty much even, even though Sainz had these fresh tyres on. So it was really just about avoiding that graining, which is something that Mercedes were able to do with Lewis Hamilton's car. So it meant that by the time the earlier pitters had, had got out of the way, we were left with Ricardo leading from Hamilton. Even though Hamilton couldn't get past Ricardo and he was really, really struggling, he was still going quickly enough to ensure that it wasn't going to be a massive deal uh, towards uh, towards the end. So it was still the right call, basically. And it meant that when Hamilton did come in, although it was a few laps after Ricardo, his pace again had been quick enough by the time he got into that clear air that any undercut Ricardo might get just didn't work, basically. So all in all, that cleared out the cars, basically, to leave it just Norris ahead of him on track. And he was left with open road, and then we really saw him put the hammer down. His tyres were only two laps older than Norris's, yet at times he was taking a good sort of six, seven-tenths of a second out of him per lap. Uh, that went even higher at points where Norris sometimes had a little bit of traffic ahead of him. Norris, I think, was also held up a little bit by Alonso towards the the end of that uh, sort of uh, dry tyre phase as the rain was coming in. Again, that allowed Hamilton to get a little bit closer. And all in all, we'd seen a gap of, I think it was 8.8 seconds at its peak, dropped all the way down to just one second. And we were thinking, oh, is he going to get DRS? Is he going to get DRS? And then we looked at the grandstands and we saw the rain jackets going on, the umbrellas going up. And we knew that it was about to get spicy. Yeah, I reckon it was with about 22 laps to go, Jess, that I thought, right, here we go. This is all. All the cards have been played now. We know that the leaders of the race at that time, so Perez, Alonso, um, Leclerc, they were running really deep on their hard tyres um, that they'd started on and Gasly had as well. But they all peeled off. So as Luke says, you're left with 15 laps to go. It was down to 1.7 seconds of the lead. And then it seemed to stall because the way that Lewis was catching Lando with those between sort of 22 down to 15 laps to go, I thought his pace, he's either going to take it all out of his tyres and blow it, but we know Lewis is so good on tyre management. I'm like, well, Lewis has got this, was my, my take on it at that stage until the Hamilton charge stalled. How are you feeling at that stage of the race? Yeah, I think it's very easy to go, well, the Mercedes is the, is the fast car, it's the better package, it's got Lewis Hamilton, it's a seven-time world champion, he's going to breeze past. And, you know, we kept seeing that um, graphic pop up, the AWS graphic saying, striking distance in five laps. Um, and everyone, I think Lando was in Lando's camp was probably getting you know a bit squeaky bum time but but that McLaren still does have Mercedes power um we know it's slippery and um I think I, I said going into this race if anybody on this grid of the top three and I'll bearing in mind we we pretty much knew Russell would 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 fall away um I would put my money on Lando Norris keeping Lewis Hamilton at bay. We've seen it multiple times this season already. He he is a very, very good um, defender um, and he doesn't seem to crack under pressure when it's placed on him, uh, especially by the um, seven-time world champion. So I, I actually was thinking, you know, as long as Lando doesn't make mistakes, as long as he positions that McLaren where it needs to, he could hold on to the end because um, as, as, as you said you know Lando started responding you know not by much but he was keeping that gap to the point where it was manageable and if he could keep that for as you say you know 15 laps to go it it, it would have worked out okay um, I mean we'll never know because as you said the rain came and then we had the crucial decisions being made that led to uh, what we what we now know to be the 100th win for Lewis Hamilton but we saw that in Monza, that the Mercedes, I know it's a very different circuit to Sochi, of course, but actually when you get stuck behind the McLaren that doesn't have the benefit of downforce, so they do run a lower downforce setup, that actually it's not easy to pass, even when you're in DRS range. Jess, what's your gut feeling on how it would have played out without the rain? I would put my money on Lando Norris staying out ahead. He's such a good defender. I would have put, I would have put my money on him keeping him at bay. Um, unless, I mean, we started to see a couple of mistakes, but that was only when the track started getting slippy. So until that point, he hadn't put a foot wrong. And I just, I, I would have put my money on Lando holding Lewis at bay, which is quite a big thing to say when you're talking about 
Lando Norris versus Lewis Hamilton. But I think, as I said, we've had enough evidence to, to see that. I would, I, that's how I would, I'd be interested to know what Luke thinks because uh, that's how I would have no, had it play, it play out. Yeah, 100%. Lando had it, I think. But we saw that, yeah, Lewis was, okay, he was making those gains. But then when he got to around sort of 1.3 seconds or so, Lando then responded. Like, he set a fastest lap, he was setting PBs, and they were pretty much neck and neck, really, with the laps they were doing. So I think that although Lewis would have had DRS, as we said, the McLaren in a straight line is very, very strong. It's very hard to overtake. Lando is a very good defender. So I think that I think Lando would have been fine. I think he would have held on. It would have been close. I think Lewis would have crossed the line, probably feeling a little bit frustrated, maybe, yeah, within a second probably of Lando. But I'm fairly confident Lando would have won that race. Lewis himself said it would have been very tough to have beaten Lando. Uh, Toto Wolff, he said that they were not really sure whether or not he would have done it. And obviously it's impossible to say for certain because we, we it's all hypothetical. But from what I could see from the numbers, I, I'm fairly sure that Lando would have held on to win that. Yeah, well, it was lap 40 that he put in a fastest lap. And I know that he was overtaking the back marker of Mazepin at the time, and he just lucked into just crossing the DRS activation line at the right time. So it gave him that uh, that extra speed around the back half of the circuit. But even then, I think he was keeping enough in his tyres. I think he drove within the car. I, he was. I didn't listen to all of Lando's team radio, but he was asking, what's the difference to Lewis Hamilton? And he was, I think, just wanting to keep him out of DRS range if he possibly could. But knowing that, if he could then use his energy onto the start finish just to try and keep that gap I think he was being very strategic and he had enough in the car and the tyres that's my gut feeling but we will never know because we want to talk now about how Lewis Hamilton has won his 100th race and I will suggest to you Luke that this was a team win rather than a Lewis win because we heard Bono say box box and Hamilton defied him went past the pit lane entry and did another lap. And it was at that point that you heard some team radio where, you know, you can just tell where the engineers just get a little bit more stern with drivers. And they were like, right, Lewis, come in now. And he did, and he followed the team. We know McLaren don't have the same experience of winning multiple world championships in recent years. To be able to say to Lando, you're coming in now. Is that the thing that won it, Luke, for Lewis, was a team decision? Yes, yeah, I think I would agree with that. I think that it was, as you say, the trust in the team to know that this is the right call and the right thing to do, even though I don't think it is from Lewis, that takes a lot of trust and a lot of blind faith to put in your team. But after winning, what, six world titles together, fighting now for a seventh and eighth total for Lewis, I think you build that over time. And obviously Lando and McLaren, they've never been in this situation before where this has been a make or break decision to potentially win or Grand Prix. And that we heard Lando over the radio. We heard his engineer coming over saying, Lando, what do you think for intimates? He went, no, no. And he was really, really quite quite stern and quite curt back. And I think that it's, again, just about that trust that, and it's something Andreas Seidel said after the race, that McLaren has to look at that and go, okay, how do we deal with that? How do we say, Lando, you come in, like you trust what we're doing? Because that's what Mercedes did with, with Lewis. They said, uh, I asked Toto Wolff about this because obviously we saw Lewis ignore the call the first time around. And I said, did it take some coaxing to get Lewis in? And he said, no, he said the strategists in the end were adamant that he had to come in. There was more rain coming. And we saw that. I think by the time Lewis had come out of the pits, we already saw the huge plumes of spray coming up. And by then it was well, well, past the point of all oh, do we don't we it was clear you need inter- intermediates and that's what cost Orlando so so dearly so yeah it is it is a team game and it's all about having the trust in your engineers because it kind of works two ways and I asked um, uh, Chevy Puhala from uh, Alfa Romeo about this because they were another big winner with Kimi Raikkonen he was one of the first drivers to come in and I got him up to eighth in the end and I said like how do you sort of balance the driver versus team and he said that it, it is tricky because as the team we can see the radar we can see what's coming but the driver obviously is the person on track who ultimately has to deal with it so how do you balance that and uh, in the end I think yeah Mercedes were really good with Lewis to say no you come in and also for Lewis to trust that even though he was so close to Lando and recognise nope the team is saying I do this so I do this that's what you build up over time it's something McLaren and Lando will learn from again Lando probably does have a bit of guilt this evening for being so immediately saying no in his response but it's something he will learn from. It's a, it's a learning experience. And when he does win a Grand Prix, he'll look back on this and go, hey, you know what? I learned from that. I grew from that. And I, I can become better. There was a point, though. I don't, Jess, if you felt the same, there was a point where Lewis actually dropped back under those 
turns maybe five to seven on that lap before Lewis came in, where Lando pulled out a little bit ahead. And I'm like, no, Lando's got this because he's pulling away from Lewis. Did you read it the same? For about one corner. Oh, okay. And then it was like, oh, this is a, like, this no, a terrible no, no. idea. Um, no, no, and you know, th- and this is the whole point. This is what sorts the men from the boys, right? That's what we, that, you know, we, we talk about that. We talk about Button. We talk about Hamilton. It's what Lando is still very, very early on in his career. You need these. Like L- Hamilton has made these mistakes in the past, and they've cost him. And he's learnt from that, and he's now a seven-time world champion. So you know, he does need, Lando needs, almost needs to make these mistakes because the thing is as well is like, I know that something that McLaren have worked on a lot and is part of the reason why they are so like so much more successful now than in the past is that they have an in, insane level of trust between engineer and driver. We've seen what a great pairing Will Joseph and Lando Norris have been. I am under no illusion that that is one of the reasons like the trust between the team and the trust between the driver has been what has delivered these insane results time after time after time but it can also be your Achilles heel because they'll want to keep that level of trust when they have to make really difficult decisions like holy crap what do we do do we make the risk and the other thing as well is when you're the lead car those decisions are always the most difficult you've got the most to lose and the most to risk so you either go for you know you're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't and I think depending on how this could have flipped we would either be calling them heroes or, or as we are now we're saying that was well that was actually completely the, the the wrong decision but I guess you know to a to a point and I think what this comes down to is that McLaren the team should have been firmer with with Lando but it's that it's that level of trust between well the drivers out there Lando can see the conditions we're just basing it on data but as we said that will come that will come with time and it's it's going to suck they're all going to be absolutely utterly destroyed by this I'm sure for for, for for today and they should be allowed to you know I thought it was really really touching that Hamilton in the TV pen post-race came up to Lando and said you know what I don't want to come in either you know, I'm a seven-time world champion. Not that we, you know, we keep hammering on about seven-time world champion and and a hundredth Grand Prix winner, but he is statistically the greatest driver ever. And he's turning around to young Lando Norris and going, "I would have done the same thing had my team not made that call." He'll move on, but they'll have this in their back locker. They'll have this to call on the next time that they have to make that call together they know right well the strategists need to be really goddamn sure and and if they are you make him come in you know and 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 Lando in return needs to go if they're that sure I have to trust them so you know it's it's going to be difficult but it actually could 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 come really great for the team and you know Nicky Lauda is famous for saying that you only get stronger in your failures and and so you know maybe hopefully after the disappointment of today kind of dulls that's how they'll view it and at least that's what they need to if they want to be winning races okay hang on there just a second because we want to say thank you to one of our autosport podcast sponsors thanks to them we get to bring you this show for free well today many small business owners are busier than ever time spent searching for and interviewing candidates let's face it is time away from actually you know running the business it's why linkedin jobs has made it even easier to get to the candidates worth interviewing totally free and so much faster than otherwise. Now, every time Lewis Hamilton wins a race, there's a reason why you hear him on the radio saying, thanks to everyone back at the factory, couldn't do it without you. He knows it's all about getting the right people on your team. And it's the same with any job. Get the right team together and magic can happen. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can create a free job post in minutes to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network with over 30 million people in the UK. You can focus on candidates with the right skills and the right experiences that you need. You can use screening questions to get your role in front of the most qualified people and use some simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritise those that you think could make the grade and that you want to interview and maybe hire. Well, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. You can post a job right now for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash autosport. So easy. Dead easy to remember. Give it a go. LinkedIn.com slash autosport and post your job for free. Let us know how you get on. Terms and conditions apply. Now back to the podcast. We've seen the best bin it. 
but just by being on the wrong tyres at the wrong time. So you understand why he gave it a go, but there was no doubt that Lewis was going to win the race. No, there wasn't, no, because it was that him and Lando, they'd already built up, even before the rain came, a pretty healthy lead. And I think that maybe one lap sooner than Lewis came in, that was probably the optimum time to make the switch and get onto the intermediates. And in the end, Lewis came in, I think, uh, yeah, the, the the next best point, which is the next lap. And Lando, because he left it, I believe, two laps after Lewis, not just one. I think that is what cost him even more time. And uh, yeah, with the, the white line crossing at pit entry i mean even if he had got a time penalty the time he would have got added on was nothing compared to the time that he would have lost because that secondary rain shower after the sort of initial hit that we got that was so heavy that it meant that yeah anybody who was still on slicks by that point was in a world of trouble so it was it was never really in doubt no it was that they built up so much of a lead that we've seen a bit of a sort of a shake in the positions behind as well max verstappen he'd been one of the early guys to come in and that had paid off hugely for red bull as he was able to jump up all the way to second place in the end with Hamilton clear to take that milestone 100th triumph the order behind changed really dramatically so we want to get on and talk about Max a a good deal Ricardo and Verstappen are among the first to pit for Inters but let's get on to Max Verstappen wow what a result for him uh, to gain 18 places and 18 points in uh, an event that could have been a bit of a disaster so starting from the back Jess what did you expect I mean, seconds to finish, I think is a pretty spectacular result. Yeah, of course it is. And I guess he's one up to himself in, uh, when was it, 2018, when he went from 20th to 5th. So we know he's done it here before. That Honda Power Engine is powerful, arguably the fastest car on track, and it's Max Verstappen. So, you know, I definitely was thinking points finish was was on the cards. um, And I'm sure Red Bull would have put everything behind him in order to get him as high up the pecking order as as possible. But obviously, yeah, there was a, a mixture of some great racing and fortuitous circumstances, which is usually the recipe for a lot of um, good results. So, yeah, it was it was interesting because at one point it did look like it was all over and he was just going to have to, you know, deal with the fact that he was stuck in a bit of a DRS train with Science and Ricardo um, and couldn't really make too much more headway further up the field, field than that. But again, as we saw and as we've already kind of touched on, those early... He had nothing to lose from that position. So why not pit for Inters and uh, see what happens? So again, it was kind of a, a, a blinding move, but again, a move where you know, as a team, they didn't really have anything to lose and everything to gain. So great call, great drive and P2 to then leave Sochi having started at the back of the grid with only two points in the drivers' championship. I think I agree with Christian Horner and I'm sure everybody listening and everybody watching is going to want the same, but this is this really could go down to Abu Dhabi. And it's it's it, I think it's it's unfortunate a result in terms of what we maybe thought we could see with 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 Lando Norris and and with Carlos Sainz, but um I think in terms of keeping the championship alive, it's definitely done that. So, you know, fab for the championship, uh, gutting for those that lost out. But yeah, brilliant drive from Max. So, so Lewis on 246.5 points. I'm not going to get used to these I know, I feel like we should just give we should just give half points out now and then be done with it. It needs to be a round number. Round it up. Just round it up, round it down. (laughs) Or take them off because Spa wasn't a race. Uh, So Lewis on 246.5, Max Verstappen on 244.5, in a class of their own above Valtteri on 151. And Lando still coming out of this in fourth place in the Drivers' Championship with 139 and a handy 19 points ahead of Sergio Perez in fifth. This really keeps the championship alive, Luke. Afterwards, Red Bull described this as a, like, like a victory, was Christian Horner's way of describing today. Would they be thinking rain comes five laps earlier? Could we have won today's race or are they just going to like just just take it? Oh, no, they'll take uh, it. I think they'll take that, the second, yeah. Yeah, completely. And I think that, yeah, you argue that had Lewis got, <laughs> stayed out one lap longer, then yeah, Max has happened might have well have won the race. It's incredible. Yeah. But he... No, it was... I think they will probably be leaving this weekend thinking, how do we get away with that? How did we take a full new power unit that we knew we had to at some point this year and escape only losing 
what seven points to Lewis at the top of the drivers championship and I think that speaks to yeah a brilliant drive by Max I thought the way he fought through the field was tremendous again he was making moves that other drivers simply weren't I had quite high hopes I thought for Bottas after Mercedes uh, cheeky little tactical penalty but I actually on that I will say that apparently there is an issue with the Monza engine so that kind of explains why they did that but they but it was still quite interesting like oh is it just covering Max off and I think it was always expected that Valtteri would kind of keep Max behind him but in the end Max just sent it into turn 12 a really great move and that meant that in the end he was able to do his own race and left Bottas who without the rain probably wouldn't have scored any points today so yeah I think I think Red Bull they've got to be delighted with that I think the Max he drove a fantastic race but to escape as they did and know that the chances are looking possible that Hamilton will at some point have to do the same thing, take that engine penalty, start a race from the back, that they're only training by two points, I think is really good news for them, particularly at such a Mercedes stronghold as well. I mean, Mercedes are technically in the Russian Grand Prix uh, history books. They are unbeaten since 1913. So 118 years if we have the the non-championship races and the the world wars between us and and all of that. But it's, um, but no, no, I mean, in Sochi, Mercedes have never lost a race and that continued today just. So for Red Bull to come away from this weekend, two points behind Max, uh, sorry, Max two points behind Lewis in the standings. That's a great result. And I think they'll go into the rest of the season thinking, yeah, we got away with that. Now we've got a really good chance to maximise any chances that come our way through the closing races. Yeah, I, I would like to uh, um, retract my previous question of whether Red Bull uh, were even thinking about the win because I didn't have the gap times page open in front of me, and now I have. Um, it reminds me Max was 53 seconds behind Lewis Hamilton. Lot, but there was a lot of time to be to be lost. I mean, had, yeah, Lewis, good, yeah. had Lewis waited two more laps, then that would have been made up completely. But yeah, that again shows just how far ahead Lewis was. Uh, of 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 the rest of the field because of when he timed his stop and everything like that. And during the race, I mean, Max, he at one point was only three seconds behind Lewis before the pits. But in the end, it was that Red Bull left it a little bit too late maybe with Max to come in. But obviously, he was going hard medium, whereas others were medium hard. In the end, yeah, Lewis was able to stretch out that gap. So it was over, I think, 20 seconds before the rain came. So that's really where I think that gap was built up in the first place. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a, a victory that we'll look at and be like, oh, Lewis won that by a lot. But that doesn't at all tell the full story. Carlos Sainz was uh, one minute, two seconds behind Lewis Hamilton. And again, that does not tell the story of his race at all. A, a, a kind of a strange race spoiled by perhaps Ferrari strategy but was probably the right strategy to do at the time I can't wait to hear your take on this Jess because he looked like he was managing that gap at the beginning so he pulls two seconds clear okay like they're in control they can pull the trigger when they want to fast forward 20 laps at that point he is running 35 seconds I think behind Lando Norris and it's one of those ones where you look up and you look at the timing screen you go well, hang on a minute. How is he so far behind the race leader? A strange race for Carlos, but I guess he's going to go away pretty happy with today. Oh, yeah, 100%. Especially because, I mean, there was that point in the race where he realised he was P5 and he was like, how on earth am I P5? Um, which he said over the radio to his engineer, which I'm sure his engineer appreciated. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it, it all came down to tyre management, really, didn't it? And, and the fact that we know that Ferrari can be a bit funny with getting tyres in the right temperature and opt- an optimal running um, uh, running rate. So pitting early didn't work for, for any of the early stoppers. So he was kind of scuppered by that. Um, but again, as, as we've kind of touched on, he managed to uh, recoup that plenty by people making that the the wrong call at the end of the race so um yeah a bit of a do you know what I kind of anticipated it it, that drop off I did think that he would although you know he got the 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 lead at the beginning there's that just because of how important keeping those tires alive was going to be I just felt like maybe that Ferrari wasn't going to be as good as the McLarens and the and the Mercedes so yeah, um, unfortunate to start off with, but a very fortuitous podium for Ferrari to take home, which again, considering where we're at in the fight for P3 uh, between McLaren and Ferrari, is is again, having come off the back of a McLaren win last time out, is you know kind of damage limitation um, that I'm sure they'll be very happy with. 
the graining issue that Ferrari had. And it's something they've been working on all season with their tyres because they have these big swings from qualifying to the race. And I think that Science probably flattered the performance of Ferrari with that qualifying performance yesterday. I think that they, yeah, they shouldn't really have been that far up the grid. So it was always going to happen. And I think that while it was, it looked a bit too early to come in, actually, I don't think they had any, any real choice in that. So it was, I think it was, I think the right call. It's all they could really do. And uh, yeah, uh, Jesse mentioned that radio call. And I asked Carlos Sainz about that and said that, did you find it a bit weird you're being told that? And he said, I was a bit surprised, but he guessed that the simulation showed that he would be easy prey for other drivers once they'd pitted, fitted a fresh set of tyres and then be able to catch him and passing which makes complete sense but in the end yeah I think they managed it quite well Ferrari I think they got the timing right with Sainz for his pit stop Leclerc in the end obviously had a really good fight back and then just threw it away in the closing stages left it too long to come in had that slide off the track otherwise he was looking good for some points after starting at the back of the grid thanks to his engine penalty and uh, Leclerc I mean he was very honest about it after the race and he said that I've got to learn from this I've got to learn to I guess maybe a bit like McLaren with Lando learn to be firmer learn to give better information and just work on that communication so that you don't miss that opportunity again because uh, yeah Charles was pretty disappointed Carlos on the other hand said it was his best weekend with Ferrari so far said it was a very complete weekend personally I think that I think he performed very very well I think Ferrari on outright patient have been anywhere near that podium but I think they can be pretty pleased in the end that yeah they did come away with that and um, yeah keep the fight with McLaren alive all things considered well, it was that Leclerc off at the end of the race that denied him any chance of points. And it was that that means, uh, I, I, until I worked out the points and I was thinking, this is going to be a disaster for McLaren. Actually, they, they extend their lead over Ferrari by another four points. So it's McLaren on 234 points and, and Ferrari on 216. Point five, because uh, Ricardo had such a great result coming home in fourth, and just another example of he took the Inters at the right time. And after the season that Daniels had, chuffed with four absolutely it's just great to see that momentum carrying on and he's not really had too much of a setback because yeah I mean p4 for him is 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 going to be great and I also thought you know again maybe this shows the the different levels in I don't want to say maturity because I don't think I don't mean maturity in terms of approach to the to the race I just mean maturity in terms of Daniel Ricciardo has been doing this for a lot longer than Lando Norris has but he was very careful to say afterwards he didn't want to blame Lando and say well of course he should have come in for inters but he said but you know based on what I was seeing and feeling I needed inters and I said I need to come in and that's the call that they made so you know again there was a lot of winners and losers in this in this race today. A lot of winners and losers, and Ricardo I mean, yeah. was one of the one of the winners. Um, and again, just and Bottas and Bottas yeah. behind him was yes. Bottas behind him. Let's talk about the man who's always there. And actually, Alpine have got over 100 points now, tally for the season, all thanks to that man that is just always there. When Ocon is nowhere to be seen, home comes Fernando in sixth. Just another reason you want him in your team, right, Luke? Just so solid. Oh, fantastic, yeah. And I think that had it not been for that late rain shower, I think Alonso was on for fourth, third, potentially a podium because he was absolutely flying. Like He really had his strategy nailed down. He was putting in really good pace when he switched those medium tyres. We saw him make a pass on Verstappen and take that place, which is something that we don't say very often, especially not in this race, when it was Max who seemed to be doing all the overtaking. And yeah, I think it was just that Alpine just left it a little bit too long. We saw Alonso and Perez, they sort of hung it out there. They were sitting third and fourth and neither of them wanted to come in. And in the end, they just left it too long. They left it a lap longer than Hamilton and that meant that they probably missed a chance both of them to be on the podium because yeah they both have really really good pace today um but I think that yeah all things considered I think Alpine and Alonso I think they can be very very pleased with what they've done this weekend it's another really good point tool for Fernando he called it one of his best races in F1 which I've been working in F1 (laughs) for close to 10 years it's always the best race it is always and someone commented like oh that's better than the other 13 best races he's ever had so far this season and uh it's but it's that's just part of Fernando's sort of approach like everything is like oh this is fantastic and great and fair enough like but genuinely like he was he was fantastic today and I think that when we saw Norris coming up behind him as well in the end it was only I think it was only a few corners that final sector that Norris really got held up but had Fernando stayed out a bit longer 
Would we have seen a similar situation to Hungary, where you've got that man trying to get past Alonso, making his Alpine as wide as possible and not giving you any chance to get ahead? I, I think we probably would have. I think that no matter how sort of much the sort of Lando Nando <laughs> friendship, whatever you want to call it, from their time at McLaren together, yeah. um, I, I just, I, no, I don't think so. So I think, no, a great display. Ocon, yeah, he just didn't have the pace. He sort of faded back quite quite easily, I think, during the race. It has been Fernando who I think has got back to his his brilliant best. And also what I love is that he's getting a real kick out of these fights. Like even if he's fighting for sixth or fifth place, he's loving it. He's putting 100% into it. Whereas three, four years ago with McLaren, when he was miserable and stuck at the back of the grid, there wasn't that same kind of fire and passion about what he was doing. So he would deny that, though. No, he I don't think he would. I don't think he would now. Really? Now that he doesn't have to do yeah. PR for McLaren, I'm pretty sure he'd be quite open and honest <laughs> yeah. about it. But also, like, how are you meant to have any kind of want or urge to push when I mean I guess it's the same about with the Haas drivers right now right like how how can you have any real verve for Formula One when you you're not really driving Formula One so you know I, I agree with Luke I think it's I think it's fab and then the other thing that I thought was 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 really really kind of I don't know if this is I don't know if this is typical Fernando Alonso, but I wasn't surprised at all. But what did you make of his start when he darted down the uh, the turn two escape <laughs> oh, yeah. road? Which was something he actually practiced on the Ex- form, on the uh, re- uh, reconnaissance laps on the way to the grid. Yes, did yeah, he? Yeah. yeah, because technically, <laughs> as long as he doesn't gain like too much of an advantage, it was a faster line, but he'd still be within the rules, right? Like that. I guess that was the that was the point. Um, and he, yeah, and he would avoid any um, kind of turn to Matt. If there was ever going to be a point in the opening, like kind of very early stage of the opening lap, it was going to be there. So it, it was it was a tactical move by Alonso to avoid any kind <laughs> of um, opening lap craziness shenanigans and getting punted out, kept his track position and it was a faster line. But I'm yeah. loving watching him. I'm loving watching him race this season. So com- absolutely... I'm 100% converted. When I think I did a tweet after Hungary saying, oh, it's great to see Alonso back. And someone on Twitter dug out a tweet that I'd done a year ago <laughs> saying, oh, oh we should God. let young talent oh. come through and stuff like My that. Fate. And I was just like, yeah. oh, okay, Oops. thanks. But, Delete yeah, old tweets. Sorry. And then they were like, oh, you should probably think more before you write. And I was like, yes. cool. Oh, because everybody does that. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody does that when they, yeah, yeah. When exactly. they tweet or whatever. Yeah. And we, it's fine to exactly. accept. That's what we're here doing, Luke. We can accept that we we were wrong, and aren't isn't it great? We're flawed, isn't it great? Yeah. <laughs> because otherwise we wouldn't exactly. we wouldn't be able to enjoy Fernando Alonso. No, uh, a awesome. wise a wise old fox, and another one who out uh, outdrove his teammate today. He outdrove Ocon and 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 Giovinazzi finished sixteenth, but teammate Kimi coming home in eighth. I mean, again, when the rain comes down, there is no substitute sometimes for that experience, and I'm going to miss Kimi. Yeah, fantastic. And again, this was a re- result really made by the decision when it came down to that late late weather call. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, I spoke to Alpha's uh, technical chief, uh, Chevy Pular, after the race. And I said to him, like, how much of that was between the driver and the team? Like, who, who called the shots? And they said that was all Kimmy. And I guess when you've got close to 350 Grand Prix's worth of experience, that's a lot to tap into and you can just put full faith in what he's going to say. And they said that sort of halfway around the lap, he was saying, I think it's Inters, I think it's Inters. And then as he got close to pit entry, they were all ready. And they said, what do you want to do? And he said, Inters, definitely. Dived in. He was one of the first drivers to pit. It was him, Russell and Bottas. They were the first guys to come in. But Kimi, yeah, a really big winner in all of that to get eighth place. And Alfa Romeo, I mean, that's the team's best result since Brazil 2019. Like They've had such a miserable couple of years. So to really get that result, I think, is a big breakthrough. I think that, yeah, if you take away perhaps the madness of Spa, then mm. you might say that it would probably breathe some life into the hope of beating Williams in the Constructors' Championship. There's still a fair margin to bridge. I mean, it's only a haul of, what, four points for finishing eighth. But I think it's a bit of hope for Alpha that, yeah, even though they don't really have the pace right now, they're still able to, when it matters, sort of capitalise and take advantage. And that is all down to the experience of Kimi. And I think that, yeah, we're going to miss him. And it's that kind of experience that really other drivers on the grid could have sorely done with today. 
We're going to round out the top ten and then we've got a couple of final issues in the last five minutes of the pod today to discuss. Uh, so, the ever-absent Sergio Perez. That's was, harsh, Martin. Do you think so? Yeah. Do you think so? I do. Jess, do you want to take this? Uh, I, you, you were first to react, so I'm interested to hear. Okay, sure. Oh, no, 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 Nick. You, you no. can both take me down. I don't mind. I think, I, okay, yeah. I think, I think prior to the rain, I thought that Checo was driving an excellent race. Again, he managed his tyres well, as he always does. And he was he was genuinely looking good for a podium shot. And the two things that really nuked his race was the slow pit stop from Red Bull, which I haven't yet found out an explanation for, but obviously it was something we saw at Monza as well with Max Verstappen's car, and they blamed it on the clampdown in the regulations. It was an 8.9 second stop. Otherwise, Checo, I think, would have been out and well in the hunt for third place. Secondly, yeah, it was the rain. It was the fact that Red Bull didn't bring him in soon enough. Again, I'm not sure whether that's down to the team or the driver. It's something to find out. But he just left it a couple of laps too late, as Alonso did. And that meant, in the end, he just dropped back and yeah, just didn't have the pace in those... He didn't have the, the tyres up to temperature. He wasn't quick enough to make that switch. But up until then, actually, I thought Checo drove a really good race. I think that, yeah, qualifying yesterday, they didn't quite time things right. And with Checo, there is a lot of, oh, but this happened and that happened at the moment. And I, I agree, yeah, the results aren't brilliant. But today was looking actually set to be, I think, one of his best drives and best results of the year. He, I think he would have finished third had we got a dry end to the race. In the end, it didn't quite work out like that. Whether it's the driver or the team who didn't make that call on tyres, yeah, it's it's something for them to learn from. But no, I, th- I thought he did a, a really good job today. Part of Perez's problem is not getting the car qualifying high enough. Um, and having to make up a lot of ground where he is potentially still struggling with the balance of the car. But I agree with I agree with Luke. He was shafted by things outside of his control today. And yeah, that pit stop was pr- pretty much put the kibosh on him being able to get any further up the grid than than he than he did before the rain came. So, you know, it's I don't. Yeah, I think it's a bit harsh. I think it's maybe quite easy to say, oh, P nine, and that's I guess that's that's the that's the bullet point, right? Walking away from today, mm. he's P9 and Max P2 from the back of the grid. And I think in terms of the, the championship, it's not really going to do stand him in good stead. We can sit here and talk about it in isolation. But yeah, you know, I think I think it would be unfair to say that he had a poor race today. He had an unlucky race today. Um, but there's only yeah. so many times, as we've seen in the case of Bottas, where you can keep blaming bad luck before you start getting or people start thinking about who else could keep that seat warm so I think yeah I don't think it's as you said he's got the contracts that's not gonna happen anytime soon but it's just an unfortunate p9 for him today which but could have been a lot a lot lot higher 19 points to Lando in a far superior car if I was being harsh uh, the gap widens today because of Lando got fastest lap so he gets the point for that so good to see George Russell uh, just getting a higher profile in Formula 1 with that uh, that starting position today what do you reckon 10th good result for George will he walk away pretty happy will he rue what could have been today with the rain that's some points isn't it well a point um, yeah. I think that yeah like he, he, I think had it been wet I think it would have been a different story I think that yeah that's more of an equaliser and yeah a brilliant display in qualifying but we did see quite early on that the pace wasn't there in the Williams it was very much the cork in the bottle you had the cars queuing up behind it was Stroll Ricardo Hamilton Perez lingering there as well and all in this train and within a few laps Sainz and Norris had already gone five six seven seconds up the road so he was yeah he was always I think struggling on that side of things and yeah similar to Sainz like he came in very very early he got undercut by Stroll and then just didn't have the pace really to stick with it so he was one of the first guys to come into the pits and make that switch to the intermediates. In the end, yeah, to come away with a point, I think that's. I think Williams can be quite happy with that. When you start third, like obviously you might sort of dream of a big result or whatever. But realistically, I think for Williams, any point they can get right now, they've just got to get their hands on it because it's 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 like gold dust. And that's what three 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 of the last four races where they've scored points. So I th- I think yeah. it's a really really solid effort by Williams. Yeah. Third to tenth, maybe not what you want, but it's a point, and that's great for Williams. Let's finish off with a couple of general um, outcomes of today, really. Jess, do you think that Hamilton 100 has been slightly overshadowed, possibly, feel free to disagree, by what was an amazing end to a race? Do you think that perhaps we'll only get round to properly recognising what an amazing achievement this is? Like I said earlier at the beginning of the show, he sits at a table of one. Like, but I don't feel anyone's talking about just 
what an incredible achievement today is. It feels like it's been overshadowed a bit. Is that going to come in time, do you think? the history books are going to have it in there for the rest of time. So whilst it might be kind of a a soggy reception, literally, (laughs) um, I think, think, you know, we'll have plenty of time to celebrate it. I'm sure the content coming out in the coming days and weeks are going to be you know, firmly cementing the reasons why he is on 100 wins. So, you know, it's going to be tinged with a a bit right now. But I think, you know, moving forward, we're going to be talking about Lewis Hamilton having over 100 wins because obviously he's going to be racking up way more than just 100. (laughs) Um, We're going to be talking about that longer than we're talking about Lando Norris missing out on his first Grand Prix win. So it's just, it's, you know, it's emotional right now. It's, it's raw. Um, so, you know, yeah. we're not having, <laughs> I don't know, great big parties about Lewis Hamilton's 100th win, but it will it will be celebrated and we will be celebrating it, f- you know, long, long after he's retired from from the, from the championship and he's not racing in Formula One anymore. Mm. We will be talking about this. So, yes, OK, bit, bit, bit of a, yeah not probably what he yeah. he anticipated but at the same time I think he just wanted it done you know he said he said after he said after the race <laughs> yeah. that yeah he didn't think it was ever going to come he'd been really struggling obviously I couldn't like genuinely his last win was Silverstone which it's just bonkers we're so used to ha- Lewis Hamilton winning and winning and winning that yeah there's been quite a gap between um his 99th and 100th win so he's probably he, he he's glad to have it out of the way and and we can just <laughs> get down to down to celebrating. There's been a, a, a journalist from a German newspaper who has been asking Lewis at recent races, do you think there's some kind of curse on you that you will never get to 100 <laughs> wins? Have you been oh, like, no. broken any mirrors or had any black cats come across you? And uh, they asked this at Monza after qualifying and obviously had the bad start. And Lewis was like, I'm not superstitious. I don't really think about those things. There's no such thing as curses. And then obviously yesterday happened and he was only fourth on the grid. And he got asked the question again. It was like, oh, Monza, you said you don't believe in it, but look what happened there. And again, he was like, I don't believe it, but it feels like it is taking forever. Like it's taken a while to get there. So yeah, he's finally broken the curse, in inverted commas, got the monkey off his back and, and got that hundredth win. And I think... Yeah, as Jeff said, like it's the kind of thing that right now we're probably like today feels like any other, well, not any other F1 race, but it's been quite a dramatic day. But we're not really going crazy about Lewis's post, uh, Lewis's hundredth win in our post-race coverage. Um, I think subscribers to Autosport magazine would be well placed to pick up an issue of this week's magazine, though, because I think there will be a a nice little touch in there, which more info will obviously be made uh, known about. But I think that yeah, in the years to come. We all look back and say, but Lewis hit 100? Like he got to triple figures? Is anyone else ever going to get that? I mean, we've got Max, Leclerc, Lando, George. They're young guys. They can theoretically have very long careers where they can get close to Lewis's talent. But especially if but F1 wants 25 races a year as well. They'll, well, they'll yeah, exactly. Rank, yeah. Like, crack that up real quick. <laughs> it's crazy. And if you look at when Lewis started, so I believe in his first season I believe there were 17 races in the season I think in 2007 so 100 wins that's equivalent almost to winning every single race in a season for six seasons like it's just Mm. mind-blowing and obviously yeah we have more races and at the moment that'll be four and a bit seasons if it's 22 races this year so it kind of does get watered down a bit but look we shouldn't we shouldn't yeah make any bones about it like he's won a race in every single season he's competed he continues to operate the highest level he is gonna keep going past 100 where does he finish 115 120 125 i'm really excited to see but yeah a real landmark moment for just not just for lewis but i think for f1 as a whole on pace very quickly two more questions before we head off uh luke on pace so we head to istanbul park andrea seidel said look we were nowhere in zandvoort so yeah we want to race we're all psyched it does a huge amount for the team but don't get carried away we saw today i'll stand by i think what with that straight line speed of the mclaren i'm not sure lewis would have been able to even in drs to get past as we head to istanbul park how is the current order shaking out, Luke, in terms of the packages for the final six races? I've heard things about the Mercedes team worrying a little bit about engine reliability as we get into the home run. It's a new power unit, of course, in Max's car, but they don't seem to have those 
those issues as we head into the next race and the tail end of the season. How do you feel the form has changed towards the end of the year? I think we're still going to see the Red Bull Mercedes supremacy that we've been used to for much of this year. And I think the last two races have been very much anomalies. They're not standard form they're not really to be that's not to be expected that McLaren are now going to be the third team joining that fight I think McLaren are definitely a step clear of Ferrari in terms of outright pace Ferrari obviously got the new hybrid system on their power unit that uh, debuted on Leclerc's car this weekend but they said that it's not about this year they said it's not going to be a big game my understanding is less than 10 horsepower so it's not going to change anything it's more about laying foundations for next season so I think yeah we're going to see Red Bull Mercedes they've been neck and neck right the way through the season that's going to continue I think you've got McLaren probably a a decent step ahead of Ferrari in third place so really I think Ferrari they've got to look for weekends like this try and maximize if they're going to try and win that battle for third but again Ferrari if they're third or fourth it's not going to change their world I don't think they're so focused on 2022 so that's how it's looking there and then yeah I think in the midfield I think Alpine, they just seem to be a step ahead in that fight for fifth right now. I think that Alonso is really making the difference there. I think Aston Martin, I mean, a one-point Stroll was fourth today. I think they missed an opportunity. We saw Stroll had a bit of contact with Vettel. Both drivers downplayed that after the race. Uh, Stroll then copped a penalty for the clash with Pierre (laughs) Gasly. So there could have been, I think there could have been an opportunity for them there. But it's going to be, I think that's going to be a close battle. Fifth place, yeah, Alpine, AlphaTauri, Aston, all the A's. But I reckon Alpine are looking good for that right now. So, yeah, it's it's close at the front, definitely. And I think that Mercedes Red Bull is going to keep going. On the engine reliability side, Mercedes, can they get to the end of the season without taking another power unit on Hamilton's car? That is, I think, going to be really crucial in this title race because Red Bull were very clear that it was no, that they couldn't do that. So that's why they got the penalty with Max. They've had that weekend here. And they've come away from it losing hardly any ground in the championship. Real damage limitation. The pressure on Mercedes will now be, if they have to do that, when do we do it? How do we maximise it? And how do we ensure that we don't dig ourselves a hole where we can't fight back to that kind of result and we lose a lot of ground on Max? And then, Jess, final word with you. Let's talk championship battle between Lewis and Max. Lewis Hamilton tweeted after the race today. He said, today we won our 100th race. Say we won, not I won. But today we won our 100th race. Words can't describe how it feels to make history with this team of hardworking, driven and passionate human beings. We must keep fighting, keep rising. We've got a championship to win. That was his focus on, hey, yeah, we hit 100, but it's about the championship. I heard journalists asking Lewis, you know, is he cracking? Because he, you know, after small bins yesterday, two of them as well, uh, two errors of saying, oh, is he cracking under pressure? No, don't be ridiculous. Lewis can cope with this. Jess, how are you feeling about the run-in now between Lewis Uh, and Max? I mean, can we just keep going? I mean, no, can we not? Because I need a life (laughs) and I need to get get away from Formula One. You guys have got to do this. Yeah, but, you know, if if we're talking, you know, purely selfishly from a fan perspective, I really think this season will go down as one of those seasons that we talk about for a long time to come you know I think prior to this we kind of always hark back to 2012 oh it was so competitive and wasn't it great um this season is just keeps delivering and I genuinely don't really know what to you know we we could we can do sit here like as Luke has done and from a from a you know logical point of view and what we know about the season and the fact that we use our insight to be able to try and tell you guys at home exactly what what you could be expecting come Turkey as this season has proven that can go all out the window um and you know if we remember Istanbul last year I'm, I'm, we're not expecting the same problems with track surface this year but it it was another absolute and utter curveball so I'm I'm really looking forward to it I think you know it's very easy to start looking for cracks it's very easy to start saying well you know they can't race each other because they both want it too much and they're just going to crash and they don't respect each other they do and they're racers you know and I just I just I'm loving this is what we've been wanting for so so long we keep saying it we've been wanting Lewis Hamilton to have a proper challenger to his crown and boy, do we have one in Max Verstappen. So long may it continue as far into this season as we can take it. You know, down to the <laughs> final corner of the final lap in Abu Dhabi. I'll have it. 
So, you know, that's how I feel about it. It's not exactly a technical insight, but I hope other people share that feeling too. <laughs> what a season it is. Who needs regulation changes? Luckily, they're not just around the corner. Oh no, wait a moment. Regular listeners were delighted to have Ariana back on the podcast uh, very, very soon. Make sure you check out autosport.com to read articles uh, like Luke writing about how Mercedes strategists helped win the race today. Jonathan Noble writing about how Norris is devastated. And on Monday, make sure you're checking out our Grand Prix editor, Alex Kalanorkis' driver ratings. And like Luke says, pick up Autosport magazine. If you're not a subscriber, it'll be dropping through your letterbox. But if you want to go pick it up in the shops, make sure you do that from Thursday as we celebrate Lewis Hamilton's 100 wins. What a race today. We'll catch you very soon. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Reach new career heights with University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business. Flexible MBA and MS options. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.